0: So I was reflecting on what I said the other day in relation to the cell being the fundamental building block, the the integral component of biology, in the same way that atoms are the fundamental building blocks of physics, the person or a person is the fundamental building block of politics, etc, etc. And I stand over that, but I caught myself being, I caught myself getting bogged down a little because... I was going, I'm going down a biology rabbit hole. And I've, I'm convinced that you need to know what the fundamental building block of whatever it is that you're trying to research or trying to educate yourself on, what that is. And with biology, it's the cell. But then I started trying to figure out more and more about the cell. And I started learning about mitochondria, which is this little thing within the cell that creates energy and enables the cell, gives the cell the energy to do its job, whether it's to divide or to... Uh, performance function or whatever it is and I kind of went oh Jesus Christ mitochondria fucking energy production within the cell itself what the fuck this is way too close again this is me lifting up the bonnet of a car and looking at the engine and trying to figure out what's wrong with this traffic jam you're looking way too fucking close so I got caught out a little bit I I began to get bogged down in this idea that you needed to know everything there was to know about the cell before you could kind of move on and in schooling, that's typically what you do. When you start biology, a subject that I never did, you learn about the cell and then you move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it's similar to maths. You start off with adding and subtracting. You get to multiplication and division and algebra and you work your way through it like that. And that's, that's all well and good. That's, that's probably how things should be taught on paper. But we're not on paper. We're living, breathing weirdos some of us more than others, and uh, there's a great book that I haven't read by a guy called Dan Ariely called Predictably Irrational, and it essentially outlines how we're not the logical, rational computers that we like to think that we are, that we're crazy bastards basically, and we make our decisions based on smells and sounds and moods and feelings and interpretations and instinct and all sorts of... Mad things that you'd never think you were taking into account all the time, but that you are. And that we don't, we don't think logically and rationally like we like to think we do, basically. And this is relevant for, for everything, but in particular in relation to what I'm talking about here, which is basically either educating yourself or educating other people. You have to understand that what works on paper, what seems to be the best way to do something on paper may well be the best thing to do, but you never really know until it gets bored out by actually doing it. And if you try and remember everything that you learn in school about biology or French or maths or German or fucking Irish or whatever it is, religion, all of these subjects that have been hammered into your head or attempted to hammer into your head, they were all given to you in a very, this is the start, this is the middle, this is the end format. And I would argue that, that's not optimal. I'm not gonna say it's absolutely the wrong way to do it, but I am gonna say that it's it's not optimal. I'll, I'll leave it at that, that it's not optimal. And I don't know anything about biology, so I'm trying to learn it myself, and then in an effort, sorry, I'm trying to learn it for myself, and then as part of the podcast, I'm trying to explain what I've learned in a manner that I think people might understand and people might kind of get because I don't really talk about anything on the podcast that you couldn't just look up on the internet. But you choose not to just look it up on the internet, you choose to tune in to me for some strange and unknown reason. And I think partly at least the reason for that is that you find me interesting for whatever reason, whether we're very alike, or maybe very different, or whatever it is, but there's something that's obviously driving you to come here in the first place and something further that's driving you to fucking stay here once you get here because what i've noticed about my audience is getting them started is the kind of hardest part and i'm getting that from listening to people who are fans of mine who've tried to convince friends of theirs to listen they struggle initially but then once the person gives it a go and finds themselves two or three episodes in there's a there's a hooking element there's there's something that i There's something about what I do and how I do it that is drawing people and keeping people. And if I'm to go by what everybody says, it's this idea that they never know what I'm going to say next. For some reason, that seems to be practically the fucking only reason people listen to me, because it's certainly the only reason that I get given, is that they just don't know what I'm going to say next, and there's a hanging on the edge of your seat is overblowing it but there's an element of that there's a there's a piece of that 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 draws people in the first place and keeps them here so i'm learning about biology and as i learn about it, i'm trying to explain it in my own way to whoever might be listening and i'm trying to figure it all out as i go but one thing that i'm after copping onto or noticing is that Martial arts is something that I do understand at a relatively, relatively deep level. Like, in relation to somebody who's never done a martial art, I'm an absolute expert. Like, Jesus Christ, like, all hail Lord Frano. When it comes to martial arts, I know everything there is to know in relation to somebody who knows nothing. Now, in relation to somebody who knows an awful lot about it, like, let's say, John Kavanaugh, uh, Conor McGregor's coach. me and him can have an interesting conversation about martial arts but he's certainly not going to consider me an expert not by any stretch of the fucking imagination but it is something that I have a relative expertise in and what I've found by teaching people mixed martial arts is what I do is when I get somebody in on day one I show them everything I show them absolutely everything I warm them up we might do a, a, a few uh, boxing moves, shadow boxing moves just to loosen up. So I'll show you the jab, I'll show you the cross, I'll show you the hook, I'll show you the uppercut, I might show you a knee, I might show you even a, a, a just a front leg kick. And then I'll get on, onto the ground, we'll do the guard, half guard, side control from both sides, arm bars from both sides, camoras from both sides, triangles, arm triangles, rear naked chokes, guillotines, and then we'll do a bit of wrestling, we'll do a bit of pummeling, and we'll do some maybe takedown defense and maybe a standard single leg takedown. So it's it's the entire thing. I'm going to show you absolutely everything there is to know on day one. Now, 99% of it's going to go fucking over your head. You're not going to know what the fuck I'm talking about half the time. But as you can imagine, in order to squeeze in so much into like an hour and a half, I have to really, really, really dumb it down. So you're not getting the minutiae of detail because you could write a book on how to throw a jab. Or you could show someone how to throw a jab in three seconds. And what I found is when you do everything you give people you give people a picture of what it is that they're trying to achieve. Now it's a low resolution picture and the idea of coming back every week and doing more of the same. So on your second day, you'll do everything again. On your third day, you'll do everything again. On your 459,000 day, you'll do everything again. But as you can imagine, if, if what your goal is is to become an accomplished martial artist or even just somebody who can fucking handle themselves or maybe maybe just increase your confidence a little, whatever that is, whatever it is that you're looking to get out of this, I consider that analogous to a to a picture, to a photograph. And on day one, you know, you can barely make out the outline of maybe a tree you know, and the sun and the horizon. And six months in, you know, there are bushes. There's a path through the bushes. There's clouds. The sun is out. The horizon has more detail. You can see things off in the distance. And then, as your training progresses, the more of it you do, and the more time that you spend on the mat the higher resolution the, p- the picture comes until it gets to the point whereby not only are there people in the picture, but you can tell the fucking colour of their eyeballs. And what you don't do is break up this picture into jigsaw pieces and spend the first six months knowing and learning everything there is to know about one jigsaw piece and then another jigsaw piece over the next six months and then, or maybe not six months, four weeks, whatever the fuck it is that to me is wrong-headed and that to me is how it's often taught how and by it i mean whatever it is that you're trying to learn instead of being shown the shitty kind of blurry jigsaw in its entirety you're only shown a piece of it and you have to learn that piece and then you have to learn the other piece and then you have to learn the other piece and then somehow come the end of your training you'll have a high-resolution picture of the of the whole thing. To me, that's wrong-headed. To me, that doesn't work. Now, maybe it works perfectly fine for most people, but it certainly doesn't work for me, and it's certainly not the, the way that I like to, to try and convey anything. And I think all of what I'm talking about here is largely borne out in the way that... in the way that just people learn about stuff generally, without studying it. So a lot of pe- people out there have a, an appreciation for and a very deep technical understanding of soccer, say, or pick your poison, whether it's martial arts or soccer or football or hurling or rugby or tennis or tiddlywinks or darts, or, it doesn't matter. There are hundreds of thousands, if not hundreds of millions of people worldwide with a really, really, really good understanding of whatever it is that they're interested in. And I would argue that they were never taught This is how you... Just to pick soccer, for for example. You don't drill... throwing the ball in. Like, taking a throw. You don't drill that endlessly. And then drill taking a free kick endlessly. And then drill passing the ball endlessly. And then drill taking corners endlessly. And saving goals endlessly. You don't do all these big component parts... in isolation. And then be expected to be able to form, perform your role as a player, having learned all the component parts, you learn it all together. So on your first day of soccer training when you're 10, you know, you basically have a kick around and the level of detail increases as you progress. And that to me is a far more natural way of progressing your learning, a more, more holistic approach. Holistic. Fucking... I'm going to dig up the definition of holistic. Bear with us for two secs. And I'm back in the room. Okay, so... Holistic. According to the internet. Characterised by the belief that the parts of something are intimately interconnected and explicable only by reference to the whole. So I'm going to repeat that. The term holistic means characterized by the belief that the parts of something are intimately interconnected and explicable only by reference to the whole. I love that. And I like to take a holistic approach, I think. I think that's what's getting born out in the wash here, that I like to take a holistic approach to my own education and whatever I try and regurgitate on the podcast in order to explain relatively highbrow concepts in a plain and ordinary but yet interesting way is to do it holistically and holistics is generally the only time I can think of offhand at least that this tends to come up is in relation to medicine to take a holistic approach and I'll give you a little anecdote my granny who passed away a couple of years ago at the ripe old age of a hundred as you can imagine, when you get to that age, you tend to be in and at a hospital quite a bit over the previous decade of your life, Saying my granny was no different. And my mum was uh, one of her, if not her, the primary caregiver, say. And my mum had her mum in hospital. Like, I can't remember exactly why or what the situation was. But whatever she was in for, she was speaking to someone one day and they said that, oh, her her blood pressure is too high. She'll need to speak to this specialist and her something else is too low. She'll need to speak to that specialist. And then my mum asked her about her eyesight and the person said, oh, well, you you know, in order to to speak, in order to know what's the story with her eyesight, you're going to need to talk to the the person that looks after the eyesight. And my mum was like, so you've got this person looking after this thing, that person looking after this thing, this person looking after that part of her. Who's looking after the whole part of her? And... In modern medicine, there's no one really looking after the whole of you. Your GP, I suppose, but your GP can either help you or he'll refer you to a specialist. And as soon as he refers you to a specialist, kinda washes his hands of you to a certain degree. You're you've been you've been moved on into the system because if that expert can't help you, he'll put you on to a, a specialist expert who may or may not be able to help you. But the idea being We've compartmentalized human health. So you have to go to the heart guy to learn, or the cardiologist to learn about the heart. You have to go to the fucking optician to look after your eye, the neurologist to look after your fucking brain, the psychologist or the psychotherapist to look after your mind, whatever that is, and so on and so forth. And these people have their roles And this is something, this is another one of those recurring themes that I keep coming back to. These people most certainly have their roles because you need somebody to be dedicated to this one tiny little thing to make any progress with that one tiny little thing. Because you can't expect somebody with a broad range of interests in a lot of different things to have half the understanding of somebody who has had tunnel vision on this one thing for the last 20 fucking years and just does nothing but study that. And I feel that I could. It's my role and people like me's role to kind of collate the information from all these blinkered people and to, to collate the data and to try and, I don't know, translate it into something that's understandable by a general audience, a.k.a. me. Because first and foremost, the reason I'm trying to understand all of these fucking things is to get a better understanding of it myself. Because the better understanding that we can have of biology and physics and politics and all the rest of it, the better we'll be able to deal with things like a global pandemic and uh, our fucking government's efforts to uh, get us through it. I'm I'm not a fan, you may have noticed. <laughs> There's an episode. There's an episode coming, by the way, on uh, on diversity and discrimination. And at seventy minutes, we'll leave it at that, lads. I'll chat to you tomorrow to talk about diversity and discrimination. And on that note, I'll chat to you soon.